Okay, so in today's session, I want to talk about a, a foundational uh, thing that we must understand and apply when we work with God's children. And it's to do with God's spiritual family. He's got a, we've got a spiritual family out and we, it's important for us to know how to, to deal with this spiritual family because we're going to get confronted by them and we're going to get love from them. And in each way, how to deal with those specific people which we, we come into contact with um, that are on their journey in their relationship or wherever they are on the journey with the Lord. So for, for you being maybe more mature, in other words, walking longer with the Lord, that's what the maturity talks about. Your relationship has been going on longer with the Lord. How do you deal with, 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 the, the, with the others that hasn't walked that long with the Lord? Because there's a couple of key principles that we need to apply when, when, we, when we look at this. Um, and hopefully in this teaching that will make sense how to, to, to look at these people and how to talk to them so that you don't get hurt or offended um, and they don't get hurt or offended. And it's difficult. This is not an easy thing. That's why it's so important. This is an extremely difficult thing to, to apply. Um, but the Lord really opened this up so that we can get an understanding of this um, so that we can apply this correctly for His children. So we all, when we get born again, start a journey, a growth journey. Um, Paul, I think, is the one that says it the most in the, the scripture. He, nearly in every letter, somewhere he will be talking about growth. Ask them, why are they not growing? Why are they still babies? They should be standing in front. Why are they still fighting about baptism? Why are they still fighting? Who's teaching them? Are you from Paul? Or, um, I mean, we see that still today, 2,000 years later, and those are the things we still fight about today. Baptism, laying on of hands, uh, casting out demons, uh, who's teaching you, under who am I being taught, and all this stuff. Uh, so the Bible makes very, uh, very, uh, I want to say, aggressive, uh, aggressive point regarding growth, as it is one of the biggest things that is causing the body not to function because there's not growth. So hopefully in this I can help you to understand things in the future a bit more and maybe to, to apply them so that you have less confrontation maybe in the future. But yeah, if we apply this, you will see it help a lot to, 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 to help fathers, children and for you to not waste time because I think we are spiritual People that are helping others sometimes waste so much time with the wrong people. And we think we're doing good, but we're actually just wasting our time and their time because of where they are in the journey. All right. First of all, Romans 1.20, I always refer to this verse. It says the following, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and God it, so that they are without excuse. Um, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. It describes it a bit more in detail. Opposition to the truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance. Because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as His eternal power and transcendence. He has made His wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. Alright, so in knowing this verse and applying it in our, in our 
walk as a believer when we're reading the word and everything it opens up the word for us it actually allows the holy spirit to speak to us through the word if we apply romans 120 for me romans 120 should be the the verse that you know by heart you don't even think about it it's it's it's, it's a daily walk that verse otherwise you will miss the lord in so many things and I'm not talking about finding the Lord under everything and in everything. I'm talking about when He speaks to you. Outside in nature, in a movie, in a song. It doesn't have to be Christian. You can listen to a worldly song because people think we must only listen to Christian music. If you listen to a normal, I'm not talking about sinful music. There's sinful music, we don't go there. But I mean, normal music you can listen to and the Lord will talk through. He doesn't care. Um, if he talks, has to use a song to get to you, uh, a normal song. Alright, so I've, I've, I, there's so many times that the Lord has spoken through me through music, and then it's non-Christian music, and through movies, which is non-Christian movies. Um, so we must get out of this religious box of thinking we must only do religious stuff, and, you know, Christian music, Christian movies, there's nothing wrong with that. But we mustn't fall in this religious little box of thinking that God only works in that thing. We're going to miss Him. So if we apply this verse, Romans 1.20, outside, man, the Lord will speak to you in ways that you done never thought were possible. So yeah, let's open and break out of those boxes that we've, we've built ourselves through doctrines and stuff. So in saying this, we all know it's meaning a lion 2,000 years ago when Paul said this, a lion... The way a lion's character was, is still the same today. So you can find God's character in the lion. It's still there. That's why Jesus calls himself the, the lion of Judah. Because the character of a lion um, shows you something about God. Um, I've said it before. A lion, one of the big traits and character traits of a lion is they have the only uh, animals in the cat family that functions in a family. All other cats, jaguars, tigers, cheetahs, are two, two, all alone. They're only two when they mate. Lions is family. The pride is based on family. A leader leading, and when the lions mature, they release them to start their own pride, their own family. That's godly uh, nature being shown there. It's nothing to do with being the king of the jungle. That's a man-made slogan. It's to be the king of his family and the way he works and and the way there's so many things you can talk about the lion when he roars his mane there's so many godly things in that thing when the lion roars into the ground the earth trembles because of the way he roars uh, he will roar into the into the soil sometimes and that thing ripples that sound um, his eyes the way his eyes look I mean, if you ever stared into a lion's eyes, that thing looks right through you. It's not like other cats. It's, it's different. Um, uh, just not to go off topic, but if you look at the shark family, there's a specific shark, the great white. Uh, that's also totally different than the other sharks. Their eyes and the way they hunt is different. And yeah, they, so there's, there's biblical stuff in these animals. Um, a, a, a great white, the one day when I, uh, I had one in my hands, when I touched one, their eyes are pure black, beautiful black, like a pearl black, their eyes. Where other sharks look like cat eyes and stuff. These are totally different because they, they've got a different nature. And they're the kings of the ocean again. Where the lion is said to be the king yeah, in the jungle. So <coughs> a mountain, 2,000 years ago when Paul wrote, said this, 
is still the same today. They look the same. They still have the same function. A mountain is a place where clouds gather, where fountains spring out of. Uh, a mountain still is unmovable today. So there's godly character in that. A baby, a human baby, still today does the same thing he did 2,000 years ago. It will cry when it's hungry. It will, it will um, look for attention when it wants attention and it will want love. So nothing has changed. So these things are used in the Bible and we need to know what they mean when we look at it in the natural so we can understand the spiritual of that thing. So uh, if I look at my family, we, the way I've been living my, my believer's life as a, as a, as a born-again believer, um, there's certain firm principles I stand on um, as, as a believer. Um, there's three that I, 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 I cannot and will never bend my knee to, 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 to go away from it. How I've been taught over the years that I've been taught. Uh, we as a family, we, we, we strongly believe that you have to live and function everything out of Him. Everything, your finances, everything you do must be out of Him. And the three things that I'm sold out of, um, that I teach always, and that I, that I stand on when I work with people, when I engage with people, is number one, is the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. It's the kingdom. His kingdom. I will always look at His kingdom, His rulership, His dominion. That's me is important, His kingdom. I'm sold out on His kingdom. The second thing is the manifestation of Christ in his brothers. He calls us, he's, he's his, our brother. So the manifestation of Christ in his brothers, that will happen on the day of the Lord. I'm sold under that. I see it everywhere in the Bible being not even spiritually shown in the natural. If you read it, it is, says that. Um, so I'm sold out on the manifestation of Christ. Um, so the third thing is the Christ in me. Why he's there. And that's why the message that I teach, like Paul said, we only teach Christ. That's very important. We don't make a differentiation about this stuff. I mean, Christ being something this and Jesus being something that. It's all him. It's just the way we've got to look at how each one functions differently. There was a different function. Let, let me explain it this way so you can understand it. There's a different function that Jesus, the person, played a role on in the earth in his ministry for three and a half years. And when he rose, he had a different ministry when he was the Christ. And then Paul came to explain this ministry to us later, the Christ. So it's still him. It's just a different way that there, there, there's something that he did. Let, let me put it this way. You might be, look at me, I'm Vanner, I'm a son, I'm a father, I'm a brother, but it's still me. But in each of those cases, I will deal with stuff differently because of where I am and what I do there. So that's just a way to think about it differently. I don't want to make it a thing. But those three things, God's kingdom, His manifestation in the body of Christ, the bride in other words, and the Christ in me, those things are crucial for me. Um, so that's what I believe and what I stand in, what, I, what, I, what the Lord has taught me over the years. But in saying this, I don't reject the rest of the family of God that don't believe in these things. This is of crucial importance. So that's what I believe in and what I preach. Um, I don't have a doctrine. I don't believe in a certain thing. I take everything into account. But 
for those that, that follow certain doctrines and stuff, the rest of God's family, I don't reject him because of where I am. I don't think I'm better than anyone else. That's pride. I would just say, if I can call it something, I would just say we're different. We, we think differently. I think differently than what others might think. Um, and a lot of other people do the same. It's not just me. But it's not that I think I'm better or that I know more or anything like that. We must never go there. That's pride and that's not humbleness and we must serve. We mustn't think we, we're the all in all and that's what is going to happen. We're special. I mean, at the end of the day, with, with the maturing of the sons of God, the manifestation of Christ, it's not what you believe that's going to make you manifest Christ. It's your relationship that's going to make you manifest Christ. Not your belief system. You can be in whatever denomination. That doesn't mean you will not be a son of God, a mature son. Your relationship determines it, not your doctrine. All right. Um, people that has never heard about sonship can be a son one day if they have a loving relationship with the Lord. That's very important. That's why we must love them and not fight with them over their doctrine. So we're not against anybody, uh, any other believers. We just see things differently. I don't go in, I really try not to go into a debate with people, which is sometimes extremely difficult because they will love to debate you. They want to tell you everything that they believe and how wrong you are, and then you must sometimes stay quiet. Yes, sometimes you're allowed to say something if the Holy Spirit tells you, but most of the times, in my experience, the Holy Spirit tells you to, to not say anything and just nod your head and say yes, yes, which is very difficult. For us as men, hey man, that's difficult to, to let somebody just walk over you and uh, tell you what, what they believe, and yeah, but that's unfortunately what we have to do. So we accept all Father's children, but we don't believe their doctrine. Alright, that's very important. I believe in the people, in the children, but I don't follow their beliefs and their doctrine. Alright, there's a difference for me there. Doctrines doesn't impress God at all. Uh, how much you know the Bible verses doesn't impress God at all. It plays no, zero role in your relationship. How much scripture you can quote. Your relationship, your love, that plays 100% a role in your relationship and how God looks at you. Your, your faith in Jesus Christ guarantees your everlasting life. Full stop. It says it actually in 1, 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 11 and 12. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And His life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. That's where our salvation lies, is in the Son. Not your doctrine. Not even have you been baptized or not. Those things, those things that are hugely important to do. But that doesn't determine salvation. I don't want to go into that now. But your salvation, the word says, is through the Son. Do you believe in Him? Are you in a relationship with Him, in other words? A lot of people believe and know about Jesus and all that. We know this saying, the devil also believes in him and know about him. But your relationship is the crucial thing. Do you know him? Do you have intimacy with him? Do you, you, you spend time with him? Do you get to know him as a person? Because we fall in love with a person, not a, not a theology. Alright, so let's start. Um, I'm going to put this image on the screen. Or what I'm going to discuss now so that you can see the people watching that they can see what I'm talking about. It will be on the screen while I'm explaining this. Um, but let's start to look at God's family on the picture that I'm going to show now. Um, 
there's, there's, there's a growth pattern in the Bible. If we look at, I'm using the Greek words here. So there's a growth pattern that's used in the Bible, if you translate it. Um, and I'm going to explain it in this picture. All right, so the first one you will see, uh, in the big picture you will see, it goes from baby to adult. All right, you will see on the picture it says from brios to heos. All right, that heos can be spelled differently also. So don't just worry about, you see or saw a different spelling. I just used that one, that was the most simple one to use and the most common one used. But you see the picture, there's a growth pattern. Um, there's actually another one you can put in there, but I didn't put in there because it's not that usable. Um, but uh, let's, let's just stick with those ones I've got there. Uh, so if you look in the beginning, there's a newborn baby. The first image is a mother holding a child. A baby, a newly born baby, and that's called a brios. Brios, as you will see on the image. Brios is a newborn baby. Alright? If we want to look in the Bible where it is used, I will see if I can put the image on for you that I've got for where in the Bible this, 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 this um, example I'm going to give you now. It's in Luke 2 verse 16. Luke 2.16 is the birth of Jesus when he was in the crib, when the shepherds came to visit him. Um, on the image you will see the word baby, Jesus being spoken about a baby. If you look at the Greek meaning, it says brios, just born, baby. All right, easy to, under, to remember, B for baby, brios. That's how I in the beginning I had to remember. It's easy to remember that way, the Greek word. That's a newborn baby. So in, in, in spiritual language, remember Romans 1.20, we want to take that baby, make the physical become spiritual. Romans 1.20. So that baby is called, in the spiritual side, a newborn saved Christian believer, a disciple just born, a brios. Because the Bible says, if you are born again, you become a disciple. Okay? So, and a lot of people find, um, gets insulted when you tell them they are baby, they are disciple. But I mean, it's so clear in the Bible, if you're newborn, you're a believer. Everybody agrees on that. When you become born again, you're a believer. But the Bible says, if you're a believer, you automatically are a disciple of Jesus Christ. So, a newborn is a disciple. A disciple is still a baby. And I don't know why the people get offended when you call them this, because this is something beautiful that you call them. To be a, what is more beautiful than a baby? But the people get offended because they've got pride. Because they want everything immediately. They don't want to go through a time of learning. They want it now and they think they know it now. But there's nothing more beautiful than a newborn baby. So, a baby disciple, you must understand, is a disciple in the beginning. He's a disciple and he's starting to grow. This disciple, as a normal baby, as Jesus here, was born, a brios, and he started to grow. Alright? Now, questions. Can a baby eat by itself? Let's use this example that we just used in Luke 2.16. Jesus just got born. He's called a brios. Can Jesus, as a brios, eat by himself? No. He will die. He needs his mommy. He needs milk. Can a baby understand his mother and father? No. I mean, you that have got small children, up to, I would say, the age of 
close to one years old, they have no clue what you're saying. But closer to one year, just I would say you're from eight months, they start recognizing some stuff when you show them stuff and they start reacting to that. But before that, they have no, that first three, four months, they have no clue what you're saying. That's normal. Because they don't understand your language and you don't understand them also. All right. Um, do they understand instructions told to them by their parents? Like I just said, no, they don't. It takes a time to get to that place where they're closer to one year, where they start beginning to start to understand when you point your finger, they will bring that thing for you. Or when you say no, they will realize, okay, mustn't do this. They will start to understand some of the stuff. But it took from birth a couple of months to get to that place where they understood. Um, a very important thing to ask is, can a baby feed other babies? If we take a three-month-old baby, can he give food to another three-month-old baby? No. They will both surely die. All right? So now I'm going to take those things that I've just mentioned. I'm going to apply Romans 1.20 to it. I'm going to look spiritually at these points that I've just made with the brios. Um, and there's, there's unlimited amount of things you can look at this. I just want to mention some of it. But the first one I asked is, can a brios, a baby, eat? By itself, the first one I asked was, can a baby? Now, can a brios? No. So a newborn disciple cannot study the word on his own. He can read the word, but he's most certainly not going to understand it. Little bits and pieces he will start to learn, to grow as he's continuing, but he's not going to understand it. I mean, I get, in the years I've been doing what I'm doing, I think more than 70% of believers that have been believers for a long time, when I talk to them, they don't know anything about the Word. And they will tell you, I don't understand the Bible. I do not understand it. Which shows you that they're not even babies in the Spirit anymore. They're still struggling to read and understand. So, a brios, a baby spiritually, a, a newborn Christian, they're going to struggle in the beginning to to eat, to, to read the word. They need help. Like a baby needs mommy to give them milk. A brios needs somebody to help them to understand the Bible when they eat it. All right. Um, can the, I asked, can a baby uh, understand his mother and father? And I said, no. The same works with a brios, a spiritual baby. He does not understand the Holy Spirit's voice yet. It's not possible. He's going to try. He's going to make mistakes, which is good. But every time they try to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and they want to say something from the Holy Spirit, there must be, like the Word said, a senior person there to, to see if the Word is pure. It's normal. When your child is going to start speaking, you're going to listen that they're not saying wrong words. And you're going to correct the wrong words. Same applies to the spiritual side. So I'm very against baby Christians prophesying for one another. It's the most dangerous thing to do if there's nobody watching over them. So a little small group of babies getting together and prophesying one another, that's very dangerous. There's no problem allowing them to grow in that area with a senior person being with them while they're doing it. That's fine. We must learn to, to, to prophesy and to, to hear the voice. But you get so many of these coffee coffee shop prophecies and, and little lady group prophecies and, and men group prophecies happening where a bunch of babies get together, brioses get together, 
and it's dangerous. People, I've seen so many times people lose their job and leave their job and do stupid things under the 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 saying of the Holy Spirit said this, and this is a prophecy somebody gave me. It's it's so so dangerous. You will not allow your child to do that. So why are we allowing a baby Christian to do that? It's dangerous. All right. Um, I asked, do the, a baby understand the instructions that they, that is given? And I said no. And that's the same with the Holy Spirit. Um, if a baby baby Christian, like a newborn Christian, tells me the Lord's are telling them to move here or there or there and there, I will always say to them no. No, that's just not the way the Holy Spirit works. You cannot hear that instruction yet. And how can He send somebody if they have not been instructed yet or taught yet? That's just dangerous to do that. You cannot do that with a natural baby. You always look at the natural to understand. And the people get upset because of this, because they're walking in error. And they don't want to be corrected. And then they get offended, but they're only getting offended because they have the wrong belief system. And they are following this belief system. And now you're telling them they're wrong, and they don't want to just bring correction. They want to fight now because they, they don't want to accept this thing. But it's actually so easy to understand it. If you, if you get off your high little religious horse and look at this in the Bible, you will see it's actually normal what I'm saying. It makes sense in the natural. Why are we not applying it to the spiritual? Because everywhere in the Bible, the two walks hand in hand. So the last one I said, yeah, can Abrios feed other babies? I said no. So spiritually, can Abrios feed, other words, teach other believers, babies, believers or babies? And I want to put it in a capital letters. No, they cannot. A baby cannot be in a position of teaching anybody. What are they going to teach? Knowledge. So that they've read off a piece of paper and they haven't walked anything yet. Can a baby in the natural... Uh, just go pick food out of the cupboard and give another baby. He will give them poison. He's not going to know what is what, what is good and bad in the natural. I mean, if a baby opens a fridge, he's going to give take anything out of there and eat it, even though, even though it's raw, maybe poisonous. They're not going to be able to di differentiate what is good and bad. Same with a baby Christian. They have no clue, which is again normal and it's beautiful. Because they're not supposed to. That's not their function yet to, to feed somebody. Their function is to be loved. A baby, a brios in the natural has got only one function. Love me. I just want love. And in this love I will grow. You don't have to read books. You don't have to teach me stuff. Just love me. The teaching will come automatically later. But in that first baby stage, what is it going to help? You're going to sit with your little two-month-old baby and you start reading them a little nice book. A book of Noah's flood, and you're going to read this thing. He's not going to hear a word. The only thing that he's hearing is your voice that he loves. But the book's knowledge is not going to help him anything that you're teaching him, okay? So I'm not saying don't read anything. I just want you to get the understanding as a, as a believer how to work with a baby. Because remember, we want to see how to work with these babies. Um, so get to know how to talk to a brios. When you meet a brios, a newborn baby, they're going to make this stuff and do this stuff, all right? So that you know when you see them do something and say something, you know out of what foundation are they saying this because they're still a newborn. They will say stupid things. I always say on the men's weekends, when we have a men's weekend and there's new men getting born again, you give that guy a mic. Say, listen, tell me what happened this weekend with you, with a guy that just got saved, the brios, in other words. They would say the... 
the craziest and sometimes stupid things, Christian things that's not even in the Bible or makes no sense, but they will just go off and because they're on a high, they just got born again. And it's for me, I always say that's the most beautiful time for me to hear because nothing they say makes sense out of the word. It's all wrong and crooked, but it's beautiful because you know they just got saved. That's how a baby sounds. You don't make out anything they're saying, but it's beautiful the sounds they're making because you realize there's new life in them all of a sudden. And it happens the same way with, with believers. You can be 60 years old and get born again and you will say a lot of stuff that's not right, but it's beautiful. Go and say it because you're allowed to make noise. Just don't go teach that stuff because it's not biblical. You still need to learn about that stuff. All right. So, yes, the last one I said, just don't let a brios, uh, a baby Christian, prophesy and teach. Why? Because they struggle to understand the Holy Spirit's voice. It's normal. It will become better in time. Help them, guide them through that stuff. All right. Disciple them, in other words. The next one is the next image is um, the Napios. Napios. It's a child between age... Uh, from age two, uh, to age two. So, brios, newborn. Then after the newborn, a couple of months to two years old, it's a napios. Think of the word nappy. They wear a nappy, like on the image. Nappy, napios, between birth and age two. So, napios means you cannot speak yet. Those of you who've got children in that age group, they cannot speak it. They will make a lot of noise and say, Mommy, Daddy, maybe if you're lucky. But like we, we see with our little one here, with Lily, everything is Mommy. If she wants a drink, it's Mommy. If she wants Mommy, it's Mommy. If she wants me, it's Mommy. Everything is Mommy. All right? So they just have this one thing and they go with it. They don't understand it and they can't speak it. But what is most important about napiosis? They're cute. They're very cute and lovable. All right? That's a beautiful thing about it, is when a Christian is a Napios, they mustn't be offended because they're Napios. They don't realize they're so cute. You just want to help them, guide them. Um, uh, so, if you look in the natural, and you look at the, uh, the natural babies, the natural Napioses, their mannerism, you will see they, they all act the same. Just like a natural baby acts the same, the napioses act the same in the spiritual side. You pick them up so quickly when they talk to you. And unfortunately, uh, most of father's children are stuck here in the napios stage in their growth. There's so many napioses in the body of Christ, if I can call it that. Um, cute little babies. How do you recognize them? They make a lot of noise. Man, you will know that it's got a small child, they can make a lot of noise. As, wherever they walk, even if they, when they start walking especially, they, when, while they're walking, they will be speaking their own little language, and you can trace them wherever they go in the house because of the noise they make. They, they make extremely a lot of noise. Um, you don't understand them all the time when they're in that stage, what they're saying. It gets better by time, but it takes a while. And, of course, they have no clue what you're saying. As, as, as a mom and a dad. Um, another thing that we don't like about the nappies sometimes is they have a lot of uh, dirty nappies, diapers. And guess who's going to clean them? Mommy and daddy. Spiritually, if you have a nappies, I'm telling you now, you will quickly pick up a nappies with their sin, that they will keep on sinning in the beginning. You as their spiritual leader, you, you as their disciple maybe that's discipling them, you're going to clean those nappies. 
They can't clean it themselves. A natural baby can't clean his own nappy. He will make a bigger mess. You, as the one helping them, discipling them, you are going to get dirty. Your hands are going to get dirty. You're going to clean their nappies. All right. Uh, another thing they do a lot is they eat a lot at that stage. I mean, the difference that you see, if they open their mouth, everything they see, they put in their mouth at that stage. Everything. Um, so, if we take it spiritually, apply Romans 1.20, uh, a nepios is going to eat every teaching, every doctrine that he's going to listen to on TV or on YouTube, he's going to eat it. And he's not going to know what's good or bad. Alright, so watch what you're feeding your babies. In the natural and the spiritual. I've said to my group in the years, stop watching YouTube. Rather come ask me what to watch. I will not stop you from watching, but man, sometimes you have to stop the people because they are so busy with the wrong stuff. They're eating all this junk food, which is not nourishing, and there's no nourishment in that. So you've got to advise them when you teach them what to watch and show them this is not good for your body to eat. Too much sweet sugar, eh? sweet teachings, these honey-coated teachings, not good for you yet at this age, all right? So another important thing about napiosis again, they need a lot of love. They, they thrive and they even function, start functioning, reacting now to this love. When they were a, a brioche, they only sucked in all this love and enjoyed it. But now they can start acting on this love. They will start giving you hugs. A, a, a brioche cannot hug you. They will just lie there and smile and enjoy you. But here from a, from a napio stage, they start learning to hug, to kiss you. I mean, if you kiss a brioche, it's dead. There's, there's, there will just be spit on their lips. They don't react to it. But as when they go to a napio stage, you will see they can start forming the lips to kiss you, to bring, to react to the love. I said, yeah, you can't let them walk uh, anywhere without watching them. As a spiritual leader, let's first take it, mom and dad. If your little one starts walking in the house, when they leave the room for five seconds, you jump up and you run to see where they are. Because you're scared they're going to get hurt or do something wrong or break something. Alright? Those that had children or going to have children or have children at the moment, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You're constantly aware where they move. Alright? Spiritually, if you're discipling these napiosis, you must be aware of what's going on outside. Alright? You must know what they're busy with. People talk, you will hear. Today we even have social media that you can see what they're doing. And social media is very easy to see what they're doing. And it's not like you're spying, you remember, you're guiding and teaching them. So that you can see that they're done because you don't want them to get hurt. Alright? I've had places where I follow people on Facebook and then I will see they post these things about people teaching totally wrong stuff um, that we don't stand for. And then I will lovingly say to them, please, this and this is wrong with that. You've seen it now. Do you see the difference? So don't post that. All right? You guide them and you help them in this. You are aware of what they do. You have to be if you're discipling them. They're your responsibility. That's again why people get offended when you call them because they don't want you to look what they're doing. But how are they going to grow then? That's why such a big part of the body is stuck at their pioces. Because they don't want to get told what to watch, what to learn. All right? Another thing here... Um, don't debate or argue with them yet. They're not going to understand the debate or the argument. 
to yield. Don't understand it. Just say, just walk away. And don't, don't, don't fight it. Don't try to go into argument. They're not going to understand you. Okay? You're going to sound foreign to them if you want to debate them or argue with them. So don't. Just pat them on the head and love them and let them go and guide them. All right? Don't go into argument with them. They're not going to understand it. Um, I said yeah, another thing to, to realize, um, people having babies will know this, and nappy horses, they've got, maybe have one or two or three or four teeth. They will bite you with those teeth. They don't know they're going to hurt you, but they're going to bite you. A lot of them will bite you. I've seen it here with Monique, with Lily, more than it's happened like I think twice or three times now. She would carry and then she goes wham and she bites. She's not doing it to be evil or, or deliberately. She's still trying things out and not understanding anything. But you, the one carrying that little one, you get all the pain, not them. So make it spiritually. These napios are going to say stuff to you. They're going to bite you. They're going to say stuff to you that's going to hurt you a lot of the times. Just know where they are so that you don't get offended when they bite you. All right? Because they're going to bite you and it hurts like hell when they bite you. All right? Don't tell me you don't care. It's going to hurt. If, if, you, if you tell me you don't care if a baby bites you, then I know you haven't been bitten by a baby yet. Because when they bite you, you know they bite you. They don't go softly when they bite. They go with all their power and their jaw and they bite you. Alright? But at the end of the day, these nappy horses, these little babies wearing their nappies, will eventually hear the call to come out, come out of infancy and to move to a higher realm. It happens naturally in their growth. If they are, are being fed properly and they're being looked after properly, they will hear the call to go up higher and they will grow. Like in the natural, it happens. Um, but in the natural, if you don't feed a baby the right stuff, there will be problems in the growth. All right. So if we feed a baby correctly, if they're being discipled correctly, they will keep growing. They will not set up tent and stay there because a lot of nappy horses have made tent and stay there and they think they know everything they need to know now and they're not growing they're staying a baby you can have this is not maybe going to sound a bit negative but uh hear my heart when i say this you can have a degree in theology and you can still be a nappy horse all right same with the others with the others we're going to talk about Let's go to the next one. So this little Napios have heard the call of the Lord to come up higher. The Holy Spirit said to him, come up higher. They've grown naturally. And they get to Pydons, the next image, Pydons. This is the children from age 2 to 12. Alright, 2 to 12, Pydons. So let's look at believers in that age group also, 2 to 12. A python has got spiritual curiosity. They start to get into this desire to know the Lord. Here, with a python, you will start seeing them wanting to read the Bible by themselves more. A lot of times with the brioses and the napioses, you must read it for them. Especially with the napioses. But here, when they become getting to a python stage, they would want to, from two years, they want to read themselves. They can do it now. They want to read it. All right? And it's a good thing. It's a good thing to allow them to slowly, with guidance and, 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 and looking at what they're doing, help them to do that. So, let's look at an example in the Bible. Let me give you an example here. Matthew 2.11. I will put the screenshot of here. There it says, 
when the, when the wise men visited Jesus, when they brought the gifts, they didn't come to him when he was a baby, a brios. It says in Matthew 2.11, where they speak about this boy Jesus, which they visited with the gifts. You will see, if you look at the screenshot, he's a pydon. That word boy, child, is pydon. He's a pydon. Jesus was 2 to 11 years old. Alright? That's why King Herod said, kill all the boys two years and younger. Because he worked it out according to the time the wise men said they traveled. It says that in your Bible. Alright, that's why we have been taught wrongly, and it stands in your Bible, but we just haven't read it yet. We just believe that we were taught. But the word used for Jesus when the wise men was there was a pydon. Alright. And here again, a lot of fathers' children are stuck at being pydons. A pydon is full of energy. They will run around wanting to teach the gospel to everyone left, right, and center, stop everybody in the streets. I just want to share Jesus because they're overflowing with Jesus. Um, but they might be using the wrong methods. Their, their hearts and their beliefs are good, but their methods are maybe making, causing more problems than, than good. I've, I mean, I can think of myself when I was in that stage. I can rem clearly remember when I was still a part of the things I did that was actually sometimes causing more hurt and harm than good. But I was so on fire for the Lord, I thought I was doing good. But I didn't know anything yet. I was only starting to learn. Um, uh, Python loves to play. That's when they start getting to the place where they want to play and play. That's when you start buying your children more toys because they want to play with the girls, dolls, and the boys' cars and stuff they want to play with. Another thing, you start seeing it in the nappies as they get to two years old, but when they hit that two years mark, they want... Um, they will start testing you to enforce their will. And they want to see if you're going to allow them to, to enforce their will, how they want to do things. It happens more. And we've got this stupid saying that there's terrible twos, which I don't like using. But it's because of that, because people see how a child, they will question everything you say. That's why when I get believers that ask me a lot of sometimes not such good questions, if I can call it nicely something, I know where they are. Because they want to question it. Sometimes they're not questioning it out of a pure heart. Sometimes it's more to hurt. Sometimes it's pure. You've got to discern. You will see, actually it's easy to pick it up in the question where it's coming from. But that's, it's, that's a Python thing. They want to learn, but they would also want to enforce their way. That's why the Bible says about being strict with your children. Because if you don't apply that in the Python stage, that's where you must start um, giving hidings. Uh, as the Bible says, it's a biblical thing. Um, otherwise, you're going to have problems. Because they, they, you're going to enforce the law. Um, they're going to enforce their law then. And if a mom and a dad doesn't agree on this subject, you will see it in the fruit of the child when they get older, that the mom and dad didn't agree. The one wants to give hidings, the other one doesn't want to. They just want to talk. There will be problems later with that child because of the parents not standing in oneness in, in what the word is saying. Don't go on how you feel about your child. We all love our children. We don't want to give them hidings, but we do according to what the word is saying. And there will be repercussions if we don't do it that way. That's why do you think the world is saying don't do that all over the place? Because the world wants to take everything that God gave us that works out of the systems. All right. Pythons love sweets more than solid food. 
If you give a baby a sweet and you give them their, their meat and their veggies, most of them are going to not touch the wheat and veggies, they're going to eat the sweets, the, the, the rusks, uh, the chips or the sweets or whatever. All right? That's why they love sweet teachings. They sit in the churches and they love the churches to give them these nice feeling teachings that is honey coated. And it's not pure honey that it's coated with. Alright? They don't want solid food. Alright? They need a lot, a lot, a lot of discipline. A python needs and must live in discipline. Otherwise you're going to have problems as they get older. That's why when we get to the next stage, if there's a problem there, it's because of what happened in the python stage. It was not applied. In the natural, if you don't have discipline in that age group, if you give your child everything you want in that age group, when they get to teenagers, you're going to reap the fruit of that. They're going to be spoiled brats when they get to teenager stage because of what you did in the python. You did not bring discipline. Discipline and routine is very important for a child at that age. You can't allow them to do what they want to do. The same with spiritual babies, with, with, with pythons. You can't allow them to do what they do. They need discipline. You need to tell them when they're wrong. You need to correct them. Sometimes give a little hiding. It's biblical. Don't think, oh, I'm not going to say anything bad because I may not judge them. We, we know we must judge the believers. We don't judge unbelievers. It says that in Corinthians. All right? You must bring uh, discipline and routine in them. And the thing is, why they have such problems sometimes is they're exploring life. They, they are seeking the Lord and a normal baby seeking to grow and to learn. So you must give them that place, but under guidance and, 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 and parenting it must happen, alright? Um, but again with pythons, they will come to that stage where they hear this call to come up higher and they will move. If they, if they are disciplined, in a routine, learn how things work, they will automatically grow and go higher. They will not set up tent again there. Because again, there's a lot of tents in that in that there, in that area in Christian life. Unfortunately, with pythons, a big thing that happens with when you when you're in a python stage and you have to move to the next one that is technon, you lose a lot of friends. That's a thing that you will see happen. You will lose close Christian friends. Because they're not willing to grow any further. So if you went through that stage where you moved and started seeing you, starting to lose friends, man, people that you love and that you could speak with and invite for dinner, um, they don't want to come to you anymore. You're starting to be weird for them. You're saying things they don't believe. You are, you are acting in a way they don't agree with because you're doing stuff they have never heard of. Then you know you've kicked off your python shoes and you've moved on. You've heard the call to go up higher. You don't want to play with those little toys anymore. You want to play with bigger toys now. Bigger stuff. Have more responsibility. Alright? You sometimes even have to leave um, people that have taught you spiritually uh, to, to move up higher if they don't allow you. That's unfortunately today a big thing. There's so few people teaching anybody further than Python stage. And uh, that means you have to sometimes leave the, the guy discipling you of the past or whoever and, and pursue the calling of the Lord to go up higher and find somebody that will take you further on this journey. All right? Because the last person on your journey to, to, to grow to where you need to be a teenager is the one that will take you into teenagership 
and release you, not hold on to you. All right, that's very important to remember. We, we, when we get to teenager stage, you must be able to leave the house to start your own life. Spiritually, when you get to teenager stage, you must leave. Uh, in other words, leave means you can still stay with your parents or stay in the same town or stay in a different town. It means leave, start your own life, your own family, your little pride alliance. You must start them now. We don't keep you binded to us because we want things out of you. With growth, I said your growth equals change equals pain. There's pain in growing. You know, you get growth pains in your spiritual walk. It hurts when people start... Uh, leaving you, stabbing in the back, talking behind your back because you become too spiritual, whatever they will call you. All right. Next one, techno. Teenagers, this is the most dangerous stage in a believer's life and the most dangerous stage in any normal person's life, child's life, is this stage, technons. Technon, teenager. All right. Here we find millions of fathers' children. Um, if I can give them a name, it's more in the Pentecostal, Seekers, Karis, Macton, Kingdom religious circles you will find them um, mostly they're still nepios is also in those places but some of them heard the call to go up higher but then they got stuck here in the in the in the negative side of teenagers if we look in the natural teenagers there's two types of teenagers in the world good ones and bad ones the rebellious ones and the obedient ones in the natural world all right um, in the spiritual side, it's exactly the same. You get the good, uh, growing believer, teenager, who's in a good place, who wants to learn, and then you get the one that's rebellious and wants to fight against every system and in, in teaching. All right? It's the same thing happening here. All right. What do teenagers do? Now, teenagers do weird things. We all were once teenagers, maybe, or you may be a teenager at the moment. They love doing weird things, eh? Um, things that's not you couldn't do before when you were still a, a pydon or a, a napios. Let's let's look at some examples, and it's not all negative. I just want to give some examples. What do we like? Cut our hair shorter, grow our hair longer, weirder, put in earrings, uh, studs, uh, color our hair different. All these things to to stand out, to to be seen. That's what teenagers does. Um, the way you talk, the way you dress. It's everything to, to, to seek attention. Uh, it's done differently. Weird things. Another thing a teenager unfortunately does is they think they know everything. They will tell their parents in the natural, no, they're stupid, they're old, they don't know what they're talking about, they know better. Because they've watched all these YouTube clips and just came out of school, so they know uh, what, what life's about and how things work. Um, and they will even debate you to prove that you are wrong if you get a spiritual teenager a technon and you tell them i don't believe in a and but they believe in b they will start arguing about b making you look like you don't know anything and they right and you're wrong all right so when you get those guys you say i don't believe in the rapture and they will give you a, a hours teaching about why the rapture is going to happen Know that you're busy dealing with a, a little rebellious uh, technon. So know how to deal with them when they do that. Don't fight them, debate them. They're not going to listen because they don't have the understanding yet. They're not going to listen. And they're going to, th at the end, um, unfortunately, when they finish with that teaching, they're going to feel they won the argument. 
and then you have to zip it and not say anything. The Holy Spirit will say, if you zip it, don't talk to them now about this. Even if they're wrong, the Holy Spirit will sometimes say, don't say anything. Sometimes He will say, say something, but it's never to go in a debate and fight. Alright? Um, another thing about teenagers, uh, you will see this very quickly when you deal with them, they're ready to fight. They are ready. If you say something, they will let go. They've got it, the gun loaded and ready to shoot. So when you see those shots going off when you say something, know you're dealing with a technon. They always want to fight. I mean, look at young boys and girls these days. Somebody says anything bad, they don't want to debate it. They want to fight it. Sometimes physical. They get really physical. I mean, I've seen over the years, if you say something that they don't like, man, they get really aggro and, and want to fight. And you need to know why they're doing that. And try and help them to get out of that understanding, to get out of that mindset of wanting to fight. And Because they're actually at a place where they want to learn. They just don't understand it yet. So they think they must fight because you are saying they're wrong. But actually they must realize and you must help them to realize you're actually showing them what is right to grow. You're not saying they're wrong. Alright? They have a lot of insecurity. Alright? I mean, we can see that today is so relevant today. If you say, say something that's negative, they get offended. Uh, and then they want to make a huge issue out of it. They want to say who and what they are today. Uh, the, the technons are the number ones doing that at the moment. Saying what they want to be and who they are and you have got to accept that. And they, and it's mostly out of insecurity. They're doing that anyway. Um, they teenager loves throwing tantrums if they don't get away. They are brilliant at throwing tantrums to manipulate and get their way. Mom doesn't want them to go out in the evening. They will have this whole sob sad story of how they don't have friends and they have got to go out. Meantime, it's just to go out to have a party, to drink or whatever the case may be. Alright, I said yeah, they can do grown-up things, like have a child, a teenager can make a baby, their bodies are capable of doing that, where previously with the pythons and napules and briosis, your body is not there yet, but with a, with a technon, your body is capable of producing a baby, a new life, but do they know how to raise their child? No, you can go look outside, kids getting pregnant at 16, 17, where does those little babies of theirs end up at the end of the day? With their parents, with the, the children's parents, with their grandparents, the baby's grandparents. They have to raise that baby because why? That one hasn't got the capability to raise the child at that age. They don't have the finances, the know-how, the, the anything. They, they can't do it. They're not mentally, spiritually, physically capable of looking after that child. But they can make the child. They can do that sin. Spiritually works exactly the same. You will get believers, technons, that will do, try and do spiritual stuff that is not for them to do yet. But they will do it because they can. And they will get hurt and they will hurt people. They will do things wrongly because they can, because we have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit never told you to do that. Alright, we must do as the Holy Spirit tells us, not what we can do, just we're in a relationship, we, we, we talk to one another, alright? Teenagers' biggest problem is they, they want so much love and attention, they go seek it in the wrong places, because a lot of them don't have the proper teacher. Mom and Dad doesn't know how to do it. Spiritually, the, the disciples, there's so few 
disciple making people out there that can take somebody and get them to become a proper teenager. There's so few of them there. So what does a teenager do? They just stay teenagers and rebel against everything. Um, the uh, teenager I means they know they think they know everything. They're rebels. You can't tell them anything. I said your teenagers run from takeaway to takeaway and just consume junk food. They run, in other words, from church to church. They can't stay with one because, you know, it's good for a time, then they jump to the next one and they run around. And, and a lot of us maybe that's listening are at that place where you can't stay. And why is a teenager running around from church to church? A lot of times because of pride, because the person might say something on, on, on the pulpit that offends you that you are doing wrong, and now you don't like them, so you move to the next church. Until that guy says something that you think, no, come on, and then you move to the next one. Because you know we're willing to change that way of yours that the guy's saying you're wrong with. You think you are right, they're wrong, so you move to the next one again. If you want to spot a teenager, they will be the ones pushing their beliefs. Rapture, tithing, fasting, Holy Spirit stuff. They will force that onto you. To, you must believe what they're saying. You must do it their way. If you don't do it their way, you're wrong. Uh, like we said earlier, if you, if you don't vaccinate or vaccinate, you're wrong. They enforce their beliefs. That shows you that you're dealing with a rebellious teenager. But if you deal with a, with a, a proper good teenager, you will see they are hungry to learn. They will enjoy junk food. But when you give them a steak, they will sit down and enjoy their steak. They will respect that steak you're giving them. Because they want to learn how does a, a steak taste. What is different to this thing that everybody's saying is so good? They would want to ask questions. They would read. They would be very curious about stuff. If you say, I don't believe in the rapture, they would say, oh, but I do. But can you please explain to me how and why you don't believe in the rapture? I can understand what you're saying. That's a teenager willing to learn, going that route. They don't agree with you, but they're willing to listen to you why you are there. Because maybe they're wrong, or they can learn something new, or you're wrong. Whatever the case may be. I'm just using one example that's a, a very common example. But that's quickly when you see you working with a good teenager. Those teenagers are the ones you must help. Unfortunately, the rebellious ones are not going to listen to you. They're still on their, on their little uh, uh, ignorance of youth. A little wave they're riding out. And they're not going to listen to you. Those are the ones you must let go of, unfortunately. Those ones, uh, because they're not going to listen. They're only going to fight. They're going to fight in your group. They're going to cause eruptions in your group. And the other ones, they're going to cause eruptions in the teenagers. They're going to pull the teenagers wanting to learn away from learning and into their rebellious mindset. They were going to say, let's use the rapture again as we're using it as an example. They would say, no, he's talking... Total nonsense. That's not how it is. My church says this is this guy on TV says this is this guy on TV. And they will take them, go sit with them, show them on the TV, and all that. And that teenager will get influenced and not know what's right or wrong now because he's hearing different stuff. Rather get rid of that teenager. He's not willing to grow at all. He's actually rebellious. And you can't work with him. Work with the ones that are willing. For me, what I've seen in in these in the family of God, from a Brios to a Technon, the only ones that are actually let's say the majority of ones you can work with in those groups are going to be, unfortunately, the babies. Eh? It's the brioses and the napioses. They're easier to work with. 
if they are willing for all this, if they are hungry. Your pythons and technons, especially your technons, are not going to listen. You're going to waste your time with them. You have to wait until they hear the Holy Spirit's call to go up high so you can work with them. Um, you're going to struggle. It's a lot easier to work with babies, uh, baby Christians. They're teachable and they will listen. They don't think they know everything. All right? Babies listen to you. Teenagers want to teach you. I mean, it's so easy to spot those teenagers when you say something, they give you their old teaching that they heard on YouTube. You hear this teaching and you can clearly pick up this is a teenager that thinks they know everything and what you're saying is so wrong, you know, and they, they, they've got no foundation out of what they're speaking, just a teaching. All right, so hopefully a lot of you that's watching this will be at the, at the, at the Technon stage because we cannot grow further than a Technon. But you must be a growing, learning technon. Seeking the Lord. Growing into maturity. Because a teenager grows into marriage. Once you step out of your teenager's shoes, you will go into a marriage maybe one day. And we as believers are waiting for that marriage. The bride, waiting for the bridegroom. So we are going to stay young believers, all of us, until the Lord returns. Alright, there's no sons of God on this planet anywhere to be found. Other words, let's call it what it is, there's no haoses on this earth. There was only one haos, one mature son, and his name was Jesus Christ. Alright, we get a lot of teachings today claiming we are sons of God. We are sons. That's a lie from the pit of hell that brings pride. No one is a son, there was only one son. We will only become sons... When our brother returns, the son returns. He will make you a son. You cannot grow into sonship. Guys, you must understand that you cannot grow into sonship. You can grow to a, to a technon, a mature technon, but you cannot grow to a mature haos. The Holy Spirit must take you there. And the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, He came once over everyone, and they all grew up into that thing. Got that thing, that 120 people, they all had the same thing. On the day of the Lord, all the technons that's in a loving relationship with the Lord will be taken once and placed into sonship. It's a one corporate move for the body. It's not an individual thing like we're growing to there. All right? So, if you want to know what we are, if you're a teenager and you're there, you are a son in the making. You're not a son. You don't have that title yet. All right? We are a son in God's bigger picture because you can see the end. From the beginning and the beginning from the end. But where we are, we are still a technon. All right? We're still teenagers growing, but we are more mature teenagers. We understand responsibility and we're committing and submitting to, to teaching and, and guidance and starting to guide other people. I want to say this. When you get to the technon stage, it's the stage you may be given a mic to teach. Not a python. 12-year-old can't teach. Jesus was 12 years old when he was teaching in the temple. Um, he was a python. And he was told, nope, not the time yet. Go learn for 18 years to work outside, then you can teach. And he did that. You see, your Bible even shows you these things hidden in there. 12 years old, don't teach. Will you be able to say stuff? Yes, it's a python. But it's not the time yet. You must still go learn more. Walk the life outside. Learn to submit, grow. When you get to a python stage, uh, sorry, a technon stage, 
then you can start teaching people, discipling, be somebody that disciples people under you. So, all the disciples listening to this, don't let younger disciples, Briosis, Napiosis, Pydons teach. They can be with you, help you, have little, guide somebody in discipleship, but don't let them do teachings. It's, it's not biblical and it's going to cause problems for both parties. The one's being taught and him being taught. He's going to get pride. When they get to the technon stage, you know, you, you know then now I can start giving them the room that they've learned in to start teaching and guiding a group of people. I do not give a python a group to disciple. You must be at the teenager stage because you have to have been at a place where you've walked life outside, grown. Jesus had to wait to age 30. Teenager. That was his teenager, his, his technon stage. When he started teaching. Before that Jesus was a python. 12 years old. He was a python. He was learning. But at age 30. His spiritual technon stage. He was allowed to start his ministry. Spreading the gospel. Alright. So it's a very important thing to realize. Um, I said yeah. Uh, we must realize the Bible says the whole of creation is waiting for the re revealing of the sons of God. They have not been revealed yet. We are still waiting for that revealing to happen. All right. The whole earth is waiting for that. I, I say even the ground, the earth we walk on is waiting for that. The Bible says because the earth reacts when God steps his foot on it. You can read it in Genesis. So the whole of creation, everything outside is, is under the rulership of decay. And it's waiting for that life to come, that, that sonship to come, that, uh, to get out of bondage, out, out of decay. But we will become mature the day the Lord returns. And we're going to be on this earth. We're not going to go anywhere. So, look at what Matthew 5.9. Matthew 5.9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Alright? Um, it's the... the the translation there is actually wrong. That's where the King James went wrong. Um, it should say, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons, heoses. The word there is heos of God. So, just check some of the Bibles are wrongly translated, but you will see a lot of them has got it correct. They would say sons of God. Uh, Afrikaans Bible is wrong, and I know the King James have also got it wrong there. But the question I want to ask is, are you listening a peacemaker or are you the one fighting everybody? That will give you a good idea where you are on that, on that chart, on your growth chart. That will give you a very good idea. I want to read 1 Corinthians 3. We nearly finish here. 1 Corinthians 3 from verse 1 to 7. And I, brethren, as Paul speaking in Corinthians, and I, brethren, could not speak to you. So while I'm reading this, just to give you a quick understanding, I've just explained to you the family so you know how this family works. They knew back then how it worked too. So now Paul is speaking to them out of knowing how this family works. This is how Paul's writing to them now. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, baby disciples. I gave you milk to drink, which is good for a baby, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. That's why I said when you're speaking to a, to a Napios, you cannot give them meat. They're not going to understand it. That's what Paul is saying here. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. So now he's starting to tell them, listen guys, even now, 
So there's been a time here where they should have grown, but they haven't grown. He said, even now, you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, perfect sign of, of a python and a teenager, negative teenager, strive among you, are you not fleshly and are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, another I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos and what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed? In other words, maybe somebody that helped you get saved? Even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, I planted Apollos, watered, but God was causing the growth. So, then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. See, he's pointing out this thing that we need to grow. God will bring the growth if we eat the proper stuff we are. When you are a brios, when you are a napios, a brios only drinks milk. A napios, milk and start to test the solid food. Alright, we must go through those places. But you can't drink milk the whole of your life. Just milk. When I talk, I must be able to, to give milk and meat to people. That's why I need to be a technon to know who needs milk and who needs. A technon can feed a brioche. He knows he needs milk. I can't give him steak. A, even a python will make a mistake of giving a, a brioche meat sometimes. A solid piece of meat, not even cutting it or anything. They will just give you a lump of meat and say, eat it. Because they're not, they don't understand it. They haven't walked it and seen it done enough. Alright, so... Um, I'm just going to mention this. I'm not going to go through this. It's going to take long. But if you look at the, the image I'm going to show on the screen now, the tabernacle of Moses, the three rooms, you will see everything on the room. If you look at the image, will have all the stages of growth. It's also an image of your growth. The first room, the outer court, babies. Those are your brioses and your napioses. They accepted Jesus as their salvation, justified through faith, through faith, they justify it, but they stay there. Alright, that's a big church denomination is there. The baby stage. Then, you go through the wash basin, you get baptized into Christ, or you get also baptized in the Word, it says. And you step into the next room, which is the holy place, where you find the candle and the bread, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and... You will find the teenagers there. They, they are there. The pythons are more yet the wasbation still. <coughs> but your, your pythons, uh, uh, your technons, you will find in the second room. The teenager room. They love playing with the Holy Spirit wrongly. And the ones that are listening will play with the Holy Spirit wisely. They will enjoy the Holy Spirit. They will get to know the Holy Spirit. The wrong teenagers will abuse the Holy Spirit. Use Him to gain money, fame, because they have access to the candle, to the menorah, to the Holy Spirit. He's in that room. A lot of them will put up tender and say they're better than the babies in the first room. They think they are better than the babies. And they think they know it all, there's nothing more. A teenager thinks there's nothing more to learn. I know everything. A, a teenager being negative. But they don't see the third room. The chaos room. They don't see that. 
They are so busy with their own programs, their own ministries, their own self, me, myself and I, they don't see there's more to grow to. They don't see the love room, the chaos room. Because it's faith. You come by faith in the first room. The brios and nephews, they come by faith. Mom and daddy believes and a baby is born. Then you get the hope room, the holy place. The teenagers are there, they're hoping, the correct teenagers are hoping to see what's there, what else is there, what's there that's more. We're hoping to see the glory of the Lord returns as it says in the whole Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, we're waiting for the revelation of Christ, we're waiting for His glory to return. That's what we're hoping for. Christ in you, the hope of glory to return. That's the teenage room. Not the hope of me to be, do whatever I want. But the teenagers are doing there. But there's a third room. And that's the one Paul says where you've got to end up. And that will happen on the day of the Lord. The love room. You will enter there. And he will make you. He's torn the veil. It's open. And he will take you in there. When you're ready. And when he's ready to take you in there. And you will become a chaos. Mature. And you will function 100% out of love. We cannot function 100% out of love now. We're not capable. So don't fight with yourself. You feel you don't love enough. Try and love more. But just know you will only love once you step into the third room. And you will function 100% out of His love. Not your love. His love in that room. Alright. So that room speaks about the whole growth pattern again. Alright. When a baby gets born a brios, there's a lot of blood. The first room, the sacrifices were made there. Blood, all right? So you can, you can see how these things are naturally showing you the growth pattern of, it, of us. That, that, the whole gospel is in that image, all right? So I'm going to end off with this scripture in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2. I'm going to read here. And my message, again Paul speaking here, and my message and my preaching were not to persuade with, not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demon, sorry, in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men. Huh? Teenagers, second room, the faith uh, the, the, and, and the Bible, the Briosis, on the faith that they don't. Because unfortunately, with Briosis and Apriosis, they rely on men's word. Huh? They believe the wise men was with Jesus when he was born. They heard it from a man and they believe it. Right? The wisdom of men. But on the power of God, yet do we speak wisdom among those who are mature. So what is he saying here? He says, yet, Paul saying, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature. A wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age. Alright? Who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined, before the ages of uh, age to our glory, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood, for it they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him, relationship, not know Him in doctrine and and for Bible verses. Him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. To whom? Who's this us he's talking about here? He says, For to us God revealed what is this them? This revelations, the deepest stuff that he just spoke about in the previous sentence. 
Now, who's this them? The one, those that love him. For those, he's revealing this stuff. Not to the knowledge-seeking ones. That's why they struggle to understand when you give them a revelation, when you give them a pearl, the pigs will eat it. They do not know what it is. They just eat it as they will eat anything else. Um, it says here, for to us God revealed them through the Spirit. So the Spirit gives these revelations, he's saying, for the Spirit searches all, even the depth of God. For whom among men knows the thoughts of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit is from, who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Revelations are freely given. Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. Romans 1.20 is talking about there. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolish to him. Man, if you look at people's faces when you say something, when you throw a little pearl out, their faces tell you that they disgust them what you're just saying. It's foolishness for them. They think you're stupid when you say, when you, you give a revelation sometimes. They don't understand it. It says here, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritually appraises all things, Romans 1.20, all things in nature outside. Spiritual songs, non-spiritual songs, spiritual movies, non-spiritual movies, all is all, not just spiritual stuff. All things. Yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I want to challenge you. I'm not going to read this. Um, I want to challenge you. Go read 1 Corinthians 13. You know, we all call it the love book. Eh? 1 Corinthians 13. That book has got nothing to do with love. In the sense we think it does. That book has got 100% to do with those that love Him. For those that love Him, we just read here, how they will grow. He says, but when we were children... We acted like children. It's got to do with this whole teaching I've done now, 1 Corinthians. Now, if you've listened to this teaching, I want to ask you, when you have time, go read 1 Corinthians 13, the love one, and see actually how beautiful that love is. But we need to get to the technon stage so that we can step into that love. Otherwise, we're making a lot of noise like some technons and pythons. We're making noise and nobody's understanding and we're actually causing more harm than anything else because we're not functioning or want to function out of love anywhere. A technon is supposed to fall so in love that he only seeks more and more love. By this you will know if you're a disciple of the Lord. Huh? By the way you love. I want to make another statement that, that people don't like, but we need to hear this. When you get saved, I said it in the beginning, you are a disciple. Then the brios stage, you save and you're still a nappy with your disciple. I want you to realize you stay a disciple of Jesus until you get to the technon stage. At the technon stage, when you're allowed to teach and walk in what you've learned through all the phases, you will step into the fivefold. You were prepared your whole time from brios to 
up to the Teknon stage to walk in the fivefold then. And there you will find your place. Sometimes in the Python stage you will feel like I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a shepherd. And you will act a little bit like a shepherd. But then when you get to the Teknon stage you might be taken to a teacher. You went through the phases. But at the Teknon stage when you were a proper believer. You, only then will you step into the fivefold. But what is religion doing? It's placing nappy horses and pythons as prophets and evangelists and disciples. It's, it's uh, as um, shepherds. It's not possible. They cannot do that function yet. Alright? So, let's stop getting disciples to believe they are in the fivefold yet. They must learn that they are only a disciple being taught. A disciple in training. That's what the word means. And let them only get to the place of, of a proper learning teenager and step into the fivefold so that they can raise God's family the way He wants them to be raised. Like you as a father would raise your own child in love, teach them, guiding them. So hopefully in this session you, you understood that and can spot where a baby Christian is so that you can speak to them in that place where they are. Alright, so use this and you will see it will help you in, in, in talking to, to the, the family of God. Not being full of pride, but be, full of, be filled with love and helping them in love. And when they want to fight, protect yourself. They will bite. But walk away rather than fight and, and, and grow. We must grow, grow so we can become a proper technon so that we can help the body of Christ to, to, to grow through the phases. Um, and sorry, but get rid of the ones that are causing problems. They need to seek the Lord before you can work with them. It's not our place to work with them, okay?